I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome on into The Point with Kristen Burke, presented by Dance Network and AfterBuzz TV. And I'm so excited about today's guest because we have not met before and we don't know why. We've been circling <laughs> the same events for months and probably years. Please welcome to the show, Mark Miesmer. Thank you. What's up? Okay, Mark, I have to tell you a story of why I, besides that we're finally meeting, why I love that you are here. You slid into my DMs and said I want to be on the show. Yes. And I'll tell you why I like it, because I always want dancers and choreographers and dance educators to advocate for themselves. Right. And it... You know, doing shows, doing publicity, mm-hmm. having an article written about them is a good way to advocate for yourself. And it's not conceited. It's not right. egotistical. I think it's a wonderful way to share your story. Right. You have to hustle in this entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, I've had so many friends have done it and have loved the experience. Eliana and Ray was just on and Lauren Yakima. And I was like, I want to do that. What is, what is this about? <laughs> I want to be a part of this. I love to talk. I feel like I know you. And I feel like we have this same like circle of people and friends and I see what you post and what you're about. And I'm like, that's the same thing I stand for. And I feel like there's a lot of information that's out there that I could give to people. We can chat and have a good time together. We're going to have a great hour. I'm I know. excited. I'm Thanks for excited. having me. Thank well, you so much. Thank you for sliding into my Absolutely. DMs. Absolutely. I hey. literally was like, got it. And I'm like, whoa, yes. I know. I, I decided this year, 2020, you got to make things happen on your own. Um, I have a really like beautiful, blessed life and teach and travel on Nuvo and do all these great things. And I was like, I want to like just elevate my career a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's getting older now. She'll be driving in June, so I don't have to drive as much. And just kind of like put things out there to, if you don't like search for it and you don't look for it, you're not, it's not going to happen. And everyone just sits back and expects things to come to them. It's true. And um, I'm feeling like I just want to like try some new things. Well, good. And well, look what happens when you do. I know. I, it was a complete yes. I mean, I think I hit you back within probably 30 yeah. seconds no, of the great. DM. But you know, that's the thing. Like you don't, people don't know unless you try. Mm-hmm. Like, worst case scenario, oh, either you don't respond or we're not interested. Like, that's not a problem either. But if you don't put it out there, then in the universe. I always like to respond to people because sometimes either the, we're booked or I'm, I haven't opened up my next block of dates sure, or anything sure. like that. But I'll always let you know, like, hey, I know you have a movie coming out in three months. This The timing would be better. I will always give an honest answer. I very rarely am like, no, you can't come on the show. Um, right. I don't, I don't know what that situation would be because I don't think I've ever basically said no to someone. Sure, sure, sure. Everyone has a great story and, and fans want to know more. Yeah. And we don't always get that to see that side of you. Sure. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to yeah. be here. So thank you. And I, I said to you right away, I'm like, I want to talk about Dancer Palooza. Yes. Um, because you're larger than life. Whole block of faculty is to I die know. for. It's pretty insane. And I said, I wish I was eight to thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. Um, I don't you know. If just I'm, missed it. I'm just you just missed it. that window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone wants me dancing in their class anytime. I'm like in the last row. You can, you can sneak in the back. It's fine. I know. No one would notice this big adult in the back <laughs> with all these well, cute. 18- the thing about eight to thirteen year olds is you get all the dance moms in the room. So when you do a younger event, all the moms come for that age. So actually, we have walls of dance moms and dance dads around the corner. So hey, you could jump right in and just do a quick little session in the back. Anyone wants me to be dance mom number two, I will take your kid (laughs) to Larger Than Life life, so I can sit in the back. Um, But I want to talk about bringing this faculty together, why you're doing this particular age group, because I know everybody wants to join in that are older than 13, but there's a specific reason why you did this. Uh, Gil Stroman came to me and said, the number one 
problem with Dancer Palooza is there's nothing for elite level minis and juniors. And so the number one complaint, I guess, is when you're 13, 14 and up, there's a million options. Whether you go hip hop, tap, ballet, contemporary, you, there's so much. But for the younger generation that wasn't um, highly skilled, they kind of, you know, there are a very small range of like elite level dancers who are like diehards mm-hmm. and who want to be in class seven days a week and are homeschooled and do three ballet privates a day. You know, those kids, which I'm obsessed with and I love and yes. I teach and we love them. But there was a thing called a uh, pool party at Dancer Palooza. Mm-hmm. And it was a pool party. They took like three classes a day and then they had 80s night. And then they do a class or two and then they have a pizza party. So for those Eliana's and Presley's and those kids who are like that level, they didn't want to go to the pool at seven o'clock and have pizza. Right. So Gil's like, I want to do an intensive that is geared for those really insane kids. And you're the only person that can do it. Ooh. And I said, okay, well, what does this mean? I said, you, <laughs> what does this look like? Well, my, part of my whole thing is that I, I like, I only do one day at Nouveau. Like I jump in, I teach seven classes and I fly out on Saturday. You, so you're doing like a marathon. A marathon. But I just, instead of splitting it in two days, I do it once. So mm-hmm. I fly Friday morning, teach one class Friday night, six in a row Saturday and fly out. Cause I have a child and a family. So that's my, when I adopted a, my daughter's almost 16 years ago, I was like, I need, I can't be traveling every weekend and be gone. So I chose that. And so Gil's like, okay, so that's my contract. So for me, I like go to dance Palooza. I teach a couple classes, crash courses, treats, you know, Travis Walls thing, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm out. But now you want me to stay for a week and run and direct my own intensive. I was like, this is a big, like a big commitment. It's a big responsibility too. Big responsibility and a lot of pressure and a lot of, but I was, I sent, you know, I got to say yes. Like this is like I, this is in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. This is the age that I love to teach. And You're like the the dance whisperer for that age group. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> I, I love that age group. I love anyone that's that is loves dance as much as I do. I think that's really like I I love it. And when you, I love training. I love I love class. I love teaching and educating. What is it about that age group that is just that? Is, I think it's a sweet spot, honestly. Yeah, that age group. You know what what it is is they're not involved in high school and boys and really much puberty even yet. Mm-hmm. They're just still starving young artists who are hang on your every word. And the older dancers you get, you you know, the good thing about the senior and older dancers is that they're there usually because they want to be there. Mm-hmm. But these young ones, are, it's the future. The young ones, these 11, 12, 13-year-olds, they will be the JJ's and Hanley's and all those. So you think, you know what I mean? They will, that is the future of dance. Yeah. If we have season 27, really? of dancing, I mean, of, uh, so you think you can dance world of dance, all those. I mean, that that's the future, even though they have a junior category in the world of dance, like these kids are it. So for me, they're so hungry and they, there's no, um, there's really no ego. They're so like, they just listen to every word you say, try this again, lengthen behind the back. They're like, okay. Taking direction, taking direction. Taking direction. It in. And, some of the older dancers are very um, stuck in their genre. Yeah. Kind of like one dimensional. They love. I'm contemporary and that's that's that. it. I'm ballroom. I'm hip hop. And they kind of label themselves. I'm not a turner. I don't have good legs. I'm not a jumper. I can't do lyrical. I can't do jazz. Where is this coming from, though? Are we all telling ourselves or is it a, yeah. they're hearing it from a div- different dance educator? Um, Maybe a little bit of both. Social media is. <sighs> um, the love hate, the good and bad, the yep. love hate relationship. Um, but if you, I, so I do like a trick question in my class. I was like, "Who's not a Turner?" 
And they raised their hand, and I was like, okay, that's a trick question. So now you've labeled yourself that you're not a turner. So for the double coupe, you're freaked out. It's a double, you know. Your brain starts You've already you. shut down. I'm not, who's not, who doesn't have good legs? Okay, so, because you're not Gumby, you think your legs aren't good. So my philosophy is make your turn look beautiful. That double needs to be magic. Your leg can be 45 degrees, but rotated and turned out and look like a million dollars. Toe point. <sighs> toe point. I mean, come on. I love a good toe point. I'm, I'm obsessed, but no one points their feet anymore. I mean, now we do this whole Barbie half point situation. I, can't, I know. I, can't. I say Barbie's not allowed in my class. <laughs> <laughs> I teach lyrical and jazz, point and flex. There's two positions. Um, so with that being said, I think it's kind of a little bit of insecurity with social media because you see the girls and boys that have these beautiful facilities Mm -hmm. and crazy open hips. Now we've, it's become like, I'm flexible. I'm good. Or I can turn. I'm good. And people have labeled themselves as turners, non-turners. And I'm like, that's not how it works because you can turn. How about because you can do four or five pirouettes doesn't mean you're a good dancer because you're flexible. doesn't mean you're good, but we've lost that a little bit along this generation because everyone's posting on this, you know, tilt Tuesday and turning Thursday and whatever, <laughs> whatever it may be. It is. I, here's the one thing I worry about because we have created a whole generation of dancers who have beyond 180. Yeah, you know, um, extension facility. It's unreal. It's unreal. I also think hip replacement by 30. <laughs> I do 30. 25. Like actually, it's scary. It is scary, and I I see sometimes stretching over splits over. I see it happening on social media of like here I am, am I like overstretching and like they're you know at the rhythmic rhythmic gymnastics session. Yes, and yeah. I do think that I'm like I wish someone on the medical side would step in and be like whoa 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 here are some of the injuries we're seeing in dancers under 18. Yeah, it's a little bit frightening. My other concern is that the level of these younger kids is so high that can they keep that? When they're 18, to then have a career? Are or you are they seeing, burnt out? Yes. And actually, by the time they get to high school, they're like, I just want to go to the dance at school. I just want to be on the, you know, the, this club at dance. Cheerleading team. Cheerleading for social activity and to be like a normal person. So their dance lives are so intense right now that it concerns me for the future of where that can, is it sustainable? Are you seeing a lot of burnout? Um, yeah, I, mean, I am seeing injuries. Um, we see that a lot. Um, and then the kind of like the peak and the level of like, oh, crash and burn a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the choice to continue on by the maturity and the growth. And then the decision of like a 14, 15 year old saying, you know what, I really do love this. And then it evolves because the dancing shifts when you're a teen and senior. You don't have to do all that stuff. Right. You dance from in here, people feel something, and you don't rely on that. When you're younger, you kind of rely on those things, too, because you're not mature enough to be able to necessarily express yourself the same way a 17-year-old can and should be. Do you hope that uh, – is there a parent responsibility, like a parental responsibility to making sure that they're sort of understanding where their kid's head is at? Because mental health aspect of it is Ooh, a huge it's part. Huge. It's huge. Yes, I think it's a huge parent's responsibility. And now that I'm a parent <laughs> – You know. I see – I mean, my daughter doesn't dance. Think. God, she runs track, so I'm like, just run fast, like, do it, go, and then she sprints, so it's 13 seconds. I'm like, awesome. And the beautiful thing about track is, oh, she was faster, she won. It's her. Look at her time. It's not. It's not a artistic. It's not subjective. It's not subjective. So dance is so personal, and mm-hmm. you're being judged on something that you love or that you think is worthy of a win for say, and maybe that panel doesn't. It's so personal. So. I do think it's up to the parents to guide um, and listen to their kids. And, you know, you don't need... There's kids that come every single weekend to Nouveau or break the floor, you know, 24-7 jump Nouveau. They, I mean, they just go, 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 go. And 
it's beautiful for us because I'm like, they're so insane. But at the same time, I'm like, don't you have a birthday party at Saturday at 3 o'clock? Go skiing with your family for the weekend. Yeah, your vacation. The family vacations are now the dance awards. Mm. You know, and so what is too much? Yeah, what is that balance? Where do you find, where do you strike that balance? Where do you strike the balance? And what is a parent where you're like, you know what? We're going to go to the beach this weekend and we're going to, you're going to skip rocks with your brother in the sand. And you're going to eat an extra slice of pizza. And you're going to have ice cream and you're going <laughs> to stay up till 11. You're gonna, I, yeah. But the, the thing about it is, though, in the same sentence, these kids love it. Love it. And you're, as a parent, seeing your kid flourish in this art and love it so much. How beautiful is that? Like, I think that's the problem. You see your kid doing what they love to do and all that work paying off and they're in these classes and they're training and they're staying out of trouble and they're not doing bad things. A lot of, you know, dancers have extreme discipline. They're usually really good students in school. So I think as a parent, like, you're like, I'm going to give my kid everything I can to give them what they need, the tools they need to do this by what's too much at 10 years old right? or 12. And so many people want to have a professional career, too, even at a young age. Um, Break the floor. All of the conventions have been – and this is all the teachers, all the dance educators that are working in the industry. So you want access to you, Travis Wall. Mandy Moore stops in, you know, it's it's certain – I mean, who doesn't want access to that? Who doesn't want them to know your name? Literally, like, you're taking class and having a conversation with these people. It's incredible. Where, like, especially, like, middle America, they don't have access to, like, mm-hmm. a Mandy Moore and a Travis Wall and, and to Sandra and Brian Friedman. All those, all Everyone. those people. I mean, Twitch teaches on convention. I mean, like, Alison Holker. There's so many people. Jenna and Val. Jenna and Val. Now, yeah. And they're doing Larger Than Life, too. How do we get that? We were at Larger Than Life, and now we're over here. We (laughs) go where the conversation takes us. That being said, (laughs) it's so beautiful. Like, where can you go take class from Jenna and Val? And, like, be in their presence learning ballroom from two of the the best. Yeah, they teach occasionally in Playground LA, but otherwise they're on the road with Dancing with the Stars or they're in a Dancing with the Stars season. Like, literally. And now you can go take class from them and watch and learn from them. Like, they're so good. They're just incredible. And the nicest. Jenna was our first winner of. Not, not the dance awards, at the Nouveau Nationals, the first one, and then won our title and then assisted with us and traveled. I've known her first since she was little. Her, fa- I mean, it's crazy. I feel like everyone is tied to Jenna Johnson in some way. <laughs> Everyone's like, I've known Jenna since she was itty-bitty. Because she was that kid. She was the kid in the front in Utah, Nouveau. This mm-hmm. is 14 years of Nouveau that I've done from day one. And she was there. Her sisters. I mean, it's unreal. And now here she is. Lindsay, all of them. Lindsay Arnold, yeah. yeah. And especially Jenna. Whitney, Jen- it was those, I mean. The three of them. Literally. So cute. Amazing. But like in jazz, in contemporary, in lyrical. Well-trained. Well-trained. So back to Larger Than Life. It's to prepare this next generation of dancers in every genre of dance. So we start off every day with technique. So we'll have ballet class. Thank you. Every day starts with ballet class with Martin Harvey or Alison Stroming or Sean, whoever's going to teach ballet. They have them as well. And then a technique class. Um, Kristen Miller, Autumn's mom, will do like a technique class. We'll do a warm-up. And then it'll go into every day they'll have hip-hop, ballroom, musical theater, jazz, and lyrical. So every day they get each genre of dance. And just getting to be versatile. I think it's really important for these kids to learn and don't be in a one lane and say, I'm this. You can love contemporary. You can love tap. You can love musical theater, but be open to everything. You need everything these days. You need everything. To Sandra, and I, I mentioned this last week with Lauren Yakima, um, to Sandra recently said, I just watched tap classes like out in the road and people are, you know, in the contemporary class and they all leave when tap starts. And she's <laughs> like, you need tap. Stop ignoring Absolutely. tap. It's the number musicality. 
Hip hop and tap for jazz and lyrical and contemporary is everything. Yeah. And now I, I think um, even with hip hop, it's evolved so much that dancers like aren't as afraid of hip hop where they used to be like, I'm not a funky white girl or a funky white boy. Like, Ballroom is scary to ballroom a lot of is, people. And now they're obsessed. But tap still is scary because the level is usually high at convention. So mm-hmm. if you're not a, like an advanced tapper, but I say you want to be a dancer, you get in there and you shuffle those feet and you figure it out. Even if you get eight counts and then you build up. Mm-hmm. But you're learning so much from tap. It's I, When I grew up dancing, you had no option. You did everything. I went to the high school of the arts in Orange County yes. at OSHA, and we took every single genre. There was no option. We didn't even have ballroom. Yeah, you didn't have like the ballet track or nope. the contemporary track. No, it was track. ballet and tap and hip-hop, musical theater, everything. You, so you, if you wanted to go to Broadway and do musical theater, you knew how to do it. You That's had right. acting classes, the scene classes. If you wanted to be in a ballet company, you knew all the basics of ballet, and that was the lane you were going to go down. If you want to be a commercial jazz dancer, you could be a commercial jazz dancer. I mean, so it gave you... That's what I think this generation's missing, and so at large than life, I'm giving them the platform with the most amazing faculty to um, learn and grow in every genre and become that well-rounded dancer that will be successful in work. Because if you have you know, the technique base, you can really do anything. You had a couple surprises on faculty? Anyone you can reveal? extra people coming. Um, well, uh, MSA is going to um, mm-hmm. do a... Um, a lecture and an audition and guide them through what it's like to have an agent, what they look for. And we're going to do a parent seminar. This is great. So we're going to have a a parent panel, which we'll put together with the faculty um, and some outside friends. Um, If you need a moderator, I'll moderate the panel. It's amazing. I would love that actually. (laughs) Yeah, I'll totally do it. And talk about, um, Kind of what we talked about, what's too much, what's not enough. What's um, the balance? Social media for your kids. Um, parental monitoring, par- people. I mean, just really like, I mean, it sounds so weird saying parenting skills. It's not, it's parenting skills in the dance world, not necessarily telling someone how to parent. It's, in your ho- household, <laughs> yeah. Mean, in your household. Hands t- off, To yeah. each his own. <laughs> but what is too much, what's not enough? And they're just curious. I mean, some of these kids have five to seven solos. And they are 11 years old. Yeah, that's a lot. That's too much. So my philosophy on that is, how about I have one solo, and you actually perfect the solo, and you work on the solo, and All you grow season. on the solo, and you peak by nationals. But we're in the generation that if the solo doesn't win, they ex- exit, and then they want a new solo. Oh. Instead of going... Let's get the feedback. Let's figure out what I need to work on. Maybe the teacher needs to go back and reboot and regroup. You know, that's normal. Sometimes you you choreograph and you get on stage, you're like, okay, that section was... (laughs) Or it needs more levels or it needs... Whatever it is. It went flat there. It wasn't dynamic. We need to tap into the emotions a little bit more. Literally. And that's that's the beauty. It's like a figure skater in a a gymnast. You start your season. They don't change programs. Gymnasts rarely change their floor. (laughs) You can see it for the entire quad sometimes. (laughs) Literally. You get to the Olympics and you're like, I know how this goes. I know how this goes. And the same thing in figure skating. It's a work. Like, you don't just go, oh, I'm going to act sad because I didn't score well. Like, I didn't score well because I didn't execute it well. And, you know, and that's the good point, too, because I know that if I go back and think like Michelle Kwan, because I'm a huge fan. Now, Kwan is queen. Obsessed. (laughs) But, you know, her niece is a a dancer. She's incredible. She was at Nouveau last weekend. Karen's daughter. (laughs) Karen's daughter. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, um, I, oh, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Michelle Kwan. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. See, I knew that. I know. We're best friends. Sasha Cohen, <laughs> Michelle Sasha Kwan. All that era. Of, that era was it. But I can sit there and point out certain routines. I mean, if don't talk to me about Fields of Gold with Michelle Kwan in 2002. Uh-huh. The gala, I can sob, still through it. I know. Eight, how many years later? I don't know. When was Eight that? years. It was 2002. 
Whew, when? 2020. Is that 18 years later? Eight years. 18 years later. I was like, no, 18. She eight. was. I mean, that's a performance, but I can point out certain performances of Michelle sure. and she did them a bazillion times, but I can go, I know that there's something about that. That's so beautiful that, that as an audience member too, to love it and relate to it and know it's coming up and then watching the growth and maturity of a piece. It's so beautiful. It needs to set in your body. Yes. I literally was talking to Yolanda, Eliana's mom today about her solo. She's doing YAGP next week and she's doing my Youth American solo. Grand Prix. If yes. you don't know the acronym. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's the ballet world. Yes. Um, and she's doing my lyrical contemporary solo and she hasn't done it in a while. And her mom, she was rehearsing last night. She said Eliana was rehearsing and she looked incredible. And she finished and they had 15 minutes left in the private. And Eliana's like, I'm good. And her mom's like, well, we still have 15 minutes. And she's like, no, I'm good. And Yolanda was like, Okay. And I was like, that's amazing. I said, sometimes you know what you need. That's right. And you also don't want to lose the authentic rawness of the piece when you overclean and overwork something, but it takes a second to get there. And I don't feel like dancers. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Let themselves get there. Like if it doesn't do well, they they want a new solo. And it's like there's something to say about someone that sticks with it and you fix and it elevates you. One of my other soloists, Farah, she's a master ballet in Arizona and Mm -hmm. does YGP and she's been doing the same solo. I think this is her third year. Oh, that's interesting. And she's it just fits her so good. And she doesn't compete at the same events, but like it's evolved on her. I'm like, you're still doing it? Yeah. She's like, I mean, we've tweaked it a little bit, but like it's it's her. It's just and you can it can get and better. And she's probably feeling great about and maturing it. And seasoning and growing and tweaking and embellishing and adding and taking out. It's it's beautiful. It sits in your body and your soul and you can connect and then you can work on the performance. And so I was like, that's amazing that Eliana felt that. I loved that. Both of them are taking ownership of their dance careers at a young, at a age, young age too. Cuz anyone that, you know, knows Eliana, uh, you know, you see her traveling all over the place and taking I mean, these privates and she's and then she's in New York and <laughs> um, and it's exhausting to watch, but honestly, she's not exhausted. Like she's very well taken care of, but I think it's probably both Yolanda and Ellie, like understanding like what she needs, when she needs it, and when it's like, okay, we need to take, you know, Ellie going, I need these I need 15 minutes, I need a break. She said, uh, I want to go, I miss ballet, I want to do YAGP. And her mom's like, okay, do you realize the season ends in a month? She's like, let's go. And they drove to Arizona. And off they go. Of course they did. And it's, she's in ballet class right now getting, I mean, it's it's incredible, but that's but Eliana wants that, and she, that's why she's so good. It's it's her mom is not pushing her and saying get in that class. She's like, I got to go to class. What are you doing? It's all Eliana, and I know you went to New York too, yes. as I did. I know she ordered that again. When did you go right before I, me? I, I maybe like, like the tenth or the eleventh somewhere around there. Yeah, oh, so amazing! It really was, and I don't know if I, I've talked about it a lot, but I was like, she on the show basically spoke it into existence. We had a whole conversation. I, I saw. It's ridiculous. And Which is insane. You brought it up and then she was like, I've auditioned for three years and blah, blah, blah. And then got it. <laughs> and got it. Which I kind of knew because I was like, oh, I'm like, what? You're so you're so perfect for Radio City. The way it came, the whole uh, sort of authentic and organic way the conversation came up too was 
crazy. And so when Yolanda sent me a text, June or July, whenever she found out, she's like, see you in New York. I was like, holy cow. I told my husband, I'm like, I'm going to New York. Yeah. Um, and I was able to find like a little window in my schedule and make it happen. And I almost wasn't able to go. And then I was like, oh, do I go? And then I'm so happy I went. And I went by myself. My husband wasn't able to go. And I'm like, this was, I had so much joy and happiness of like going and watching and then going yeah. backstage after. I, I'll never forget it. I never seen Rockettes ever because <gasps> I grew up here. So Amazing. I, uh, not the Christmas show. I saw the spring show with me and Michaels. Right. Um, and we went opening night with her, actually. Christmas is magical. Well, I'm obsessed with Christmas, but I've never been to New York for Christmas because it's our off season of Nuvo. Like, I've only a few weekends off, and my family's here, and like, I grew up in California. So when you when when she booked that, I was like, we are going. So we went as a family, and we it was life changing. It was I I was like the proudest dad, like watching Eliana. It was so perfect. It was brilliant. It was it, she was meant for, and destined for that I mean, role, literally. and just owns the the six thousand seats that are in oh that theater. God. All those people. It's just it's Radio City Music Hall. I know how special and magical is that. And Clara, like. It was just, it was perfect. Yeah. It is literally that part that's built for her. But the other girls who have done it have been incredible as well. And Eliana, you know, the height, they're very meticulous. Very about, meticulous. And I'm like, don't grow. And it, she, it was like one of those things where it's like she had to grow and now you're like, don't grow. Yeah, she wasn't tall enough, I feel like, for the last couple years. She was or, under. She and was. Then now, but now I feel like she shot up again. She, I just was saying how mature she looks. She's. Like, yeah, I just saw her on Instagram and I was like, yeah, she looks like she's she shot up. up. Just since December. I, I was know. like, I just saw you. But it was really special to see that and, and see her hard work pay off in those moments I, I just as and knowing that like, I work with her and have a small part of her like journey oh. is really special for me it's really cool like I just love that you know being watching your kids grow and yeah then, like, your, your dance kids do success, well I you know, feel too success. even just having them sit here across from me when yeah. she's like I got a goal and I'm gonna speak it into existence I was like holy cow I literally did literally I mean did. it's just incredible and it's so funny I talked to her today Oh, like, you did. Why was I talking to her? And then I come to you. I'm like, I, like <laughs> we're just circling each other over and over and over. Amazing. It amazing. really is amazing. You know, I have a great question that yes. has come up a lot, and I think a lot of people who follow dance aren't necessarily in the dance world always get a little bit of confusion over the differences between lyrical mm-hmm. and contemporary. Oh, yes. How would you categorize the two different styles? Gosh, that's a good question. We talk about this a lot in the teacher class at Nuvo. Um, we have a teacher class which is like. Some one of my favorite classes. It's just all the teachers that go in this room and they close the door and no kids are allowed in and they get to dance. But it's just a more mature, obviously, open conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to keep lyrical alive. Yes. That's my goal. My teacher, Doug Caldwell, um, who passed away, is the Was that two li- years ago now? Yeah. He was my, I used to assist him and do all his shows. And um, he's a huge impact in my life. And so I'm like, when he passed away, I'm like, I need to carry the torch and keep this going, along with some other people that teach lyrical as of well. Course. But basically, the difference of lyrical and contemporary, the line has been so crossed blurred, and blurred. Yeah. And so the category lyrical, contemporary, and open <laughs> is kind of like, when you don't know what it is, you just go there. Right. So the slow, a slow song you can do in any category. Well, lyrical is lyrics of a song. Lyrical dancing is expressing the lyrics of the song with emotion, heart and soul, obviously a ballad that's lyrical. That's a slow, beautiful love song, sad song. It could be any type of song. Mm -hmm. Um, And the dancer's job is to execute the lyrics of the song through the movement. Actors speak, singers sing, and dancers use the body to tell the story. Same thing in jazz and hip hop or whatever it may be, but in lyrical, you're truly expressing the lyrics of the song. So... 
contemporary is more um, free-formed and organic, maybe, and not quite as structured. Lyrical seems to keep more of a technical ballet base. Yes. Um, and more line, arabesque, pirouette, jump, feet, legs. Which then begs the question, you know where I'm going, contemporary ballet. Contemporary ballet is... There's a commercial contemporary right. in this world. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is like... Whoop. It is. And so with all the TV shows and stuff, contemporaries become very commercialized, which is beautiful. But all the major dance companies are ballet companies. That's and right. contemporary is based at the ballet bar two hours a day before any type of movement goes onto the floor. And it's, it's all rotated and turned out and placed in beautifully ballet dancers executing contemporary. So now we've gotten this whole mixture of kind of like a mush of movement without technique for say people that can move cool which is beautiful to watch mm-hmm. but there's something to say for someone who's trained in ballet class for three five ten eight to ten years every single day at a ballet bar with that line and that technique then doing a contemporary piece and a commercialized kind of cool mover who doesn't do any technique but moves really beautifully which i also love but that line of lyrical is lyrics of the song and the storytelling. Okay. So you can obviously tell a story in the contemporary piece. Of course. Hands down. I mean, to song, of course. But it's more, um, it could be up-tempo. It could be contemporary. It could be... There's more variation. More variation. Um, kind of more athletic, typically, sometimes. Like a Rudy Abreu, Sandra Chavez. I mean, they're not messing... Uni, Unity LA. Oh, yeah. They're flipping off wall. I mean, it's bananas. Rudy's stuff, like... Very athletic. Travis, all that. I don't... I watch, like, Rudy's classes, even just on Instagram. I'm like, people walk out of there, like, drenched. Like, it's insane. It's, it's an incredible. An he does sport. 75 steps in one second. <laughs> Where, for me... <laughs> for me, the storytelling of, like, a four-count walk... Is so powerful. So my, I think for lyrical, trying to get the story and the connection, mm. this generation is very um, stoic. Um, yes. Because they don't speak, because they text, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok. Do you know Taylor, Steve came over to, and she said kids will come up and just like with the phone and be like after a class and be like. And they're saying, I would like a photo with yeah, you, but they but don't they even communicate. Yeah. Like, may I have a photo with yes, you? It's unreal. So they don't know how to communicate a story in a piece. So contemporary is a little more down into the ground and grounded and kind of away, where for me, lyrical is like forward and up and out and connecting. So I'm looking at you. I'm going to make you cry if I do this right, in the right circumstances. Right. Where you can obviously cry in a contemporary piece, but it's different in the sense of, the athleticism necessarily or um, what the story may be where you're, if you're doing a lyrical piece to Celine Dion, you know, the lyrics. That's right. Do you know what I'm saying? And that dancer's job is to portray that character. So it's almost like on the musical theater side, you're portraying this. Yeah. And I think that that is where we're struggling is like, we're missing this in the U S but we have this crazy, a lot of that. So I'm trying to like, keep the harness heart in yeah, yeah harness, harness that, that. Um, I love watching you teach it's you're also very athletic when you yeah. teach and very like into it I was watching um, a moment with you and Autumn Miller yeah. um, she's an incredible dancer yeah, as well yeah. really special but what makes you just kind of like move with them push them you know I don't, that is like just how I am. I, I can't sit still. Like when I, I want to, like Autumn, for, you know, she's my assistant. There's a photo and, of Autumn and you in the studio yeah, see, together. Yeah, always up. I have to be, I know. I, um, like these moments, like when, you know, when we get a video, we post them. It's not for Instagram. Like this is a moment in class. So when I'm teaching and I'm like, Autumn's my assistant, so I have her demonstrate because we have this beautiful 
unbelievable connection. Um, and I've taken her under my wing, and she just, we have this, I don't know. Today, Teddy, Teddy Florence is like, well, how is that real, you and Autumn together? I was like, there's just certain people that understand. understand and connect, and she elevates my class and elevates me and challenges me, and then I challenge her because she can do anything, and she makes what I do better. And uh, we just, I've known her mom my whole life, and her, it was just crazy. I'm really, they're like family, is, their family is like my family, like we're super close, but I, behind her, like, hold, stay, stick, pull up. Like, you, like, I just communicate and push her and challenge her as an artist. Like, not to be comfortable and to grow and challenge. And everyone, all eyes are on you and watching you and, like, want to knock you down. This generation is very much like, they love you, but they, but they also kind of hate you and they kind of want to see you fail. Just a little bit. Oh. So... I'm like, I want to lift her up and make her have the power that she has because she's unbelievable. And I don't really, I've never been a teacher that sits at, sits at the front of the room and it's like, okay, warm up. Okay, from here. Tondu. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just with the hands. I, I just, I have to be up and moving. I warm up. I dance with the kids. Like, I, it's my class. Like, that, that lifts me up and gets my endorphins going and then I'm a better teacher. I'm involved in the class. I walk around, you know, see the kids in the back and the front and the side. and, and The kids th- hiding in the back. Yeah, like they're just as important as the person in the front. Right. And if you are hiding, then I'm going to call you out. Let's go. And I love those teachers. Yeah. I, I like corrections. I've always been someone 100%. that it really loves corrections. And I feel like a lot of times, even when I just take a, a Pilates class, and I go to a studio that they do make a lot of corrections, which I yes, love. Um, but a lot of teachers now are just very like, Meh, hands off and yeah, I, uh, very laid back. And, and I usually just stop going to those classes because I'm like, I'm not learning anything. Yeah. If you are there for that, then that's the class you know that. You don't want to be corrected. You don't want to be told. You want to work out. Cool. But there's also a gym for that. That's right. I can <laughs> if just... you're paying for a dance class or a Pilates class or a training session, like a, fee, a, a correction, a correction is the best compliment you can get because there's two reasons as a teacher you correct. You correct because you know that person can fix it and you're like, you're so good. But if you can just pull your hip down and rotate and look at that, boom, you know what I'm saying? You're like making it that much better. Um, and also as a correction, the best thing is like you're in a room of dancers. Say so I'm teaching you know, a hundred kids in a room and I correct you over there. I watched you out of the entire group. That's the best compliment That's you right. can get. But we're in a generation where a correction is like an insult. Like these, you're going to email, you know, then the, the teacher gets an email saying, you know, you called out my child and you humiliated her. It's like, if you're not getting a correction, you're actually not, they're not paying attention to you. Oh my gosh. I'm you know? like, you want that you correction. You want that correction. Yeah. So, it's I not love picking. It. Yeah. No, it's not picking. And I do. I. I mean, the other day I called Eliana out and corrected her on something, and you tried as, as an example. And it was. It, it can. It doesn't. It's. It's not negative. It's beautiful. But that's how brilliant she is. So I was like, oh, your leg should be to your head on this one. <laughs> you know. And she was like, oh, like, well, I can do that. I and got then it. she does it, and I'm like, uh huh. Like, like, but do you guys see? Like, and then she did it, and then she fixed. Like, boom. Like. That's, but that's your what money. makes Ellie Ellie because then this is why she's working. And all that's the time what makes too. Autumn. I'm like, Autumn, you're doing five pirouettes here. Like, you're going to push, and everyone else in the room is going to do three and maybe four, but you're doing five and six. Or you're like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to hold. Like, I, I'm i with them. Like, you got this. It's it's empowering and pushing and challenging. And then that's just always how I teach. Like, I, I'm just so involved and invested. And it's not a show for Instagram or social media. This is my class. Yeah. You know? It's really it's really important to, to for people to understand both parents and uh, the dancers themselves. I'm going to grab some Yeah. Um, I think that's questions. how I was trained, too. Like, Doug was very much like that. My yes. teachers are very hands-on. 
Uh, that's how I was taught. And I mean, I started out in ballet. That was my original sort of, you know, genre. And I think ballet oftentimes, you know, if you start with that structure, they were hard on all of us. Hard. They were hard. And so. Because it's never good enough. No. You know, I mean, you're always, but that's why people are good. That's why ballet is so hard. There's never perfection in ballet. Never perfection. Never. I want to make sure we get to a couple questions. Um, This is a big question. Um, (laughs) Alexa said, how has the dance industry changed in the past decade? Ooh, gosh. Where to start besides social media, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a huge one. Social media has changed. Um, I think that the the level of dance, I mean, it's elevated and de- from a decade ago, I mean, which is a little frightening because where are we going? <laughs> I know. Where's the peak? It's a little bit freaky. Same thing with gymnastics, too. Yes. I mean, oh, and, and figure skating with the quads and the... Every, the quad, and the girls were never even doing quads. Mm-mm. And boys were doing one. Now they're doing four and five in a program. And girls are doing triple, triple, triple. I mean, Triple it's, axles that triple girls axles didn't do. Triple axles didn't do. Yeah. Um, so the level of dance in general has elevated so so much in the past decade. Um, social media has been dance moms, dance moms, dance on television. Yeah. Is it's so mainstreamed with all these kids and having like um, convention world. Um, there's so many conventions now. Even in the past ten years, this is 14 years of Nouveau, but underneath that, I mean, Jump was first, and then 24 seven, and then there's so many erratics, and there's a new um, Chaos is Kenny's hip hop oh, one. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then not to mention Revel, N- and- NYCDA, and Revel. Um, God, there's so there's many, so many but showstoppers. Shows, I'm gonna... <laughs> I mean, showstoppers and Car and Rainbow, all those normal com- Hall of Fame regular competitions as well. Um, there's so much access for kids and dancers to come to take classes from all these people that they see and know and working professional choreographers like you talked about that they would never have in like Nashville, Tennessee and go take a class from Travis Wall and, and um, you know, to Sandra or whoever. Like, it's incredible that you can just go to a ballroom for a weekend and spend time mm-hmm. and they you know, have a conversation and be in that space with professionals that can elevate you. And then you take what you get from the convention weekend to get back to your studio and then you train again. But the teachers also come to convention and they get inspired and new uh, warm-up, new across the floor, new combos, new ways of speaking, new ways of teaching. Hopefully they come back inspired and they take it to their kids as well. So in the past 10 years, conventions has also elevated. I mean, we have a thousand kids a weekend at Nouveau and a sold out city is 1600. Um, Some cities are 800, but I mean, it's on a, now we're in the thick of it now. I mean, and that's happening every weekend around the U S multiple conventions. I mean, so that gives so much to these dancers. So that's elevated in the past decade. Social media, whether you like it or not, is what it is. And it's elevated dance and brought so much to the mainstream world of dance. Dance to the Stars, So You Can Dance, all of those shows have elevated dance moms. All of it. Whether you like them or not, it's there and you watch right. it. And it gives access to so many people that wouldn't are in Los Angeles being professional dancers. I mean, young kids never... You couldn't do anything on TV as a dancer necessarily until no. you were 18 random like kids commercials and things, but not like this. No, I mean, these kids are dancing professionally Disney channel. It's and amazing. It's so dance is elevated in the past 10 years to another level because of these shows. So amazing I think watch. that's a pretty like, and I don't, it's a little frightening to see where it'll go, but as long as we're doing all good, positive things and right. keeping it current and social media is a beautiful thing. It also can be negative and bad. I think um, staying on top of the mental health aspect of it, besides just the technique and the physical aspects, is really important. I agree. 100%. Yeah. And that's kind of, and that goes back to the parenting side of things. Yeah. 
Or, yeah, and if people notice things, because sometimes people don't say things to their parents, you know, if teachers notice it or other moms notice it, just like, hey, you know, my daughter said that your daughter is struggling right now. And they're not going to tell your mom. That's the thing. Not. I I mean, I have, my daughter's 15 and a half and she's not a dancer, but her Instagram's on my phone. Like, I just, I'm making sure there's no creepy people. Sliding through the DMs. You know what I'm saying? It's just not, it's, she, you're not, you're not an adult. Mm-mm. And if you want this, this is how it works. Like, no, and I know when I get a weird DM, how it makes me feel. It makes it's a violation. People would never say the things they say on social media, or in a text, or in a Snapchat, or an Instagram, or a DM that they would say to your face. So that's a little frightening, and I think everyone knows that. So we just got to be a little more cautious. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, the, you know, dancers, it's a very insecure industry, and uh, we feed off people's feedback. Very emotional as artists. Very emotional. <laughs> uh, one more question that yes. we have time for. Rachel, how did you find your teaching style? You're so engaged. We kind of talked a little bit about yeah. this, but I mean, do, was there a moment? Was there a, like that Oprah Winfrey, uh huh, like this is what I like? Um, I danced professionally for like 25 years and I didn't really teach. And then I kind of moved into that. And my teachers were made such an impact on my life that I created my own version of all my favorite things that they all brought to me and didn't really know I was doing that. It just happened naturally. And then, uh, kind of just found my lane of being an educator and inspiring a room and pushing and challenging a room as my goal to lift everyone up and make the dancer in the back corner feel as important as the dancer who is necessarily nailing it or, you know what I mean? Right. That has that maybe natural facility or gift, but also appeal to everyone in the room and know that we're not curing cancer and fighting war. We're dancing. And if you enjoy, if we love it, then love it with your whole heart and try to bring that, but also work so freaking hard and like push the room to work harder than you did in the last class. Or, you know, it's 2020 now, like, where are you going? Like, what do you want to do? What are your goals? How do you want to achieve this? Like you have to work harder. So I hold my room very accountable. Um, Mm -hmm. Work on the side. Practice makes better is my philosophy. Practice doesn't make perfect in dance because there is no perfect in dance. Right. But if you don't practice, you don't become better. So practice makes progress, improvement, better. Every time you come on the floor, it should be better. If you make a mistake, be accountable for it. You know, just like hold this generation. And I've kind of developed my own teaching skills, but I also teach with the most incredible faculty on Nouveau. Mm-hmm. And a very high, you know, Ray Leeper is our boss man above, below Gil, who runs it, but we're, Ray's in charge of us, and he demands a level. And I'm teaching with Travis and Stacy and all, I mean, everyone. Constantly I'm pushing. Pushing and coming into the class after someone just killed, it's like, it elevates me as a teacher. And we have a very high level of caliber of talent that comes in Nouveau. We're very lucky, and that makes me a better teacher, too. So I've kind of developed that through um, my teachers and what impacted my life so important you know what we're out of time Uh, i know which means that you should come back anytime slide into my dms (laughs) i know we always run out of time because i'm like i could talk forever about that i know i know it's amazing it's so much fun thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and all your stories thank you so much for having and giving us kind of like an inside look at at the conventions because i think that they're they are the feeder to our next generation yeah um, tony my tony selznick the msa is like this is the future they, they see it, too. It. If no one 
or if, if no one's following you, plenty of people are following you, but if they're not following you yet, tell us where they can find you. At Mark Miesmer, M-E-I-S-M-E-R, and uh, Larger Than Life this summer at Dancer Palooza 2020. Woo! <laughs> all right, we want to thank Dance Network, of course, and After Buzz TV for hosting us today for all your dance news, dancenetwork.tv. We also want to send our love to everyone in Nashville. Dance Network is actually based out of there. They are all safe and sound, okay, but okay, I know okay, a lot okay. of people went through a lot with the tornado last night. Um, we have a tape show next week, but it's going to be amazing. You got Gabe de Guzman and Laura Christine from To the Beat Back mm. to School, which comes out next week. So we'll see you all then. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.